Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. another U18, and today we're going to talk about <laughs> maximize. <laughs> I like to start with energy. All right. Hi! <laughs> hey, we're here for another U18, and today we're going to talk about maximizing performance. So Keegan always says this, I think it's really a, a great line that you know, sport is, is, is performance, and that is really the focus of performance is how we're doing in our sport. And we talk a lot about the base build boost model and that boost is performance, maximizing how can we help a child maximize potential in this in this um, in this model. And so what we're thinking about, you know, an eight-year-old and they're in a sport, where are they in this in this in this model? They're in the boost phase and they're spending all their time trying to get better at soccer or trying to get better at baseball and they're you know as we said you know we want to see the maximize potential there and we also want them to be able to enhance their experience so a child who's solely focused on you know, speed and agility but doesn't have the tools to get faster or doesn't have the tools to be more agile express what they want to express they can't express what they because, want to express because they don't have it <laughs> they can't maybe access or, or learn more complex movements yeah in the, our theory behind this, right? Like, so you have a, you have a pyramid and the, the theoretical hierarchy for developing an athlete is a widely accepted model for how to get somebody from, you know, point A to point B in terms of performance, right? And it starts with nutrition. Nutrition is the base, rest and, and time off recovery. That's all the base of the pyramid. And above that, you have the ability to move for large amounts of time or Metcon. Then you have controlling your own body, gymnastics, right? Calisthenics weightlifting and throwing and then sports at the top. And that's the peak. And what we've done is we've truncated the pyramid, especially here in the U S and we focus solely on sport. And that's not really getting them anywhere because the base is missing. They're not eating properly. They're not performing what they need to inside of the gym to enhance that experience. And so we looked at it through a different lens. And, and in terms of, of our programs that we put out, mechanics is the base of our pyramid. We want kids moving consistently well after mechanics and then intensity or sport of mechanics is at the peak and that can be likened to our base build boost model. So boost is the peak of the pyramid, right? It's the sport side of, of movement. It's moving fast. It's moving heavy with shorter rest periods. It's going as hard and as fast as you can. We don't need kids doing that. If they're doing that inside of their sport, we need them focusing on the base of the pyramid, which is base and build to give them the, the max potential that they possibly can have. And, and in turn, enhance their experience. Right? So that, that starts from movement quality. Right? So when a kid comes to us and they are eight years old, nine years old, and they're in a sport, 
They're maybe even doing it year-round. They're spending all of their time when they're at the field doing complex things that are sport-related. They're in the boots there. What we need to do is figure out how can we help them move better so that they can express more in the, on the field. Mm-hmm. Movement quality, we think, you know, we know movement quality affects injury prevention. It helps with skill acquisition. And thirdly, power production. All of those things are important in the, in the, in the sport world. So movement quality being things like positional stability. Positional consistency, right? Positional like being able to be in a position and be strong there, both mobile enough to get there in the first place, and then stable enough to hold it for at the needed amount of time. Which in turn requires some strength work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we start with base, really. Can does a child know those movement skills we talked about? Right. You know, and we want to drill those movement skills. The better, the more they're they're capable of reproducing movement skills in a variety of ways, the more they can take those 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 lessons and apply them in in their sport. So that in movement skills, learning to move properly in movement patterns, and then building good movement movements in using those tools helps them gain a movement vocabulary mm-hmm. that is something that they can reach back to when they're in, in their sport. Yeah, and we look at, like you said, right, like injury prevention, skill acquisition, power production, those are all going to be benefits that we see from increased movement quality. And I think from the injury prevention side of things, that's our biggest focus as coaches is making sure that the athletes stay safe, right, so that they can not just continue their sport but also thrive in their sport as we develop those movements and make them better. I think once we have those movement patterns down, it finds its way into the skill acquisition side, that second piece, right? So once we have those movement patterns where we know, okay, you know, this child is now able to squat and squat well consistently, that's going to translate over to a greater amount of stability in the foot and the ankle. That's going to translate over to better ball control for a soccer player. That's going to translate over to more power production for the pitcher on the, on the baseball field, right? Like these things, they, they start to bleed into other things and they're lost when movement quality isn't there. Right. And I, I think the biggest loss is through power production, which again is going to de, de-hands. It's, it's going to uh, it's going to take away and demotivate the child from playing that sport because they're no longer going to be good at it if they don't have the, the proper foundation. All these things you're saying are making me think of pro sports and, and when somebody injures out and what happens. Think of the conversations that occur between the, the people who are narrating the, the game, right? They, they will talk endlessly about, oh, how long is he going to be out? What's that going to take to come back? So, so they, they're talking completely about what's going to happen and what they're going to miss and what will detract from their professional experience because of an injury. And that, that's what we don't want, obviously, for children. We don't want to detract from their trajectory by not thinking of these really important aspects of building their experience so that they don't injure out or they're less likely to injure out. Let's talk about that professional athlete, when we used to give a lot of courses, we talked about jumping landing, we used to talk about RG3. Right? Yeah. And we talked about what a great athlete he was, what a great uh, pro, yes. pro football player he was, and that he had knee injuries that, that took him out of the game. And then we went back and we would show 
video and pictures of RG3 jumping and landing at the combine. Mm -hmm. And is, he'd have Algus knee, you'd see the problems, problems at the combine before it ever occurred on the field. And I think that what, I, what we really wanted to get to with this discussion was what happened for somebody like him was he kept, he kept in that boost phase. Rather than having a coach come back and go, is your foot weak? Is your ankle weak? Or that what's causing this to happen? It wasn't that this just suddenly appeared when he was playing pro football. It clearly, when he was squatting in high school, there had to have been this problem with the, with the doggest knees. It had to have started much earlier, and good coaches should catch it and help correct it so that the uh, time spent in in the sport can be longer, the experience can be enhanced, and not just for injury prevention, but, but we know that poor position bleeds power. So if we can correct these poor positions, we can keep them safer and help produce more power, which is a subset of... Which for somebody like him is, is almost scary, right? Like right. you look at him, Heisman Trophy winner, he was an amazing football player, but he was bleeding power all over the place. And if you put his foot and his ankle in the right position, subsequently his knees go in the right spot, he's got more stability around the pelvis, his core is more braced. Now he's going to be able to produce even more power and then it doesn't take away from his professional experience. Like, So you think back and, and, and you think back to, to him in high school squatting incorrectly, it probably started even further back than that. In junior high, I bet you he was moving incorrectly. And I bet you as a kid, he didn't develop those foundational patterns. So strengthening really the base from the ground up is going to help us the most. And I think the biggest thing that we focus on when we come across kids um, who tell us, Hey, we're, you know, we're in season or we're playing this sport. And I really like this sport. They've got a love for that game. The biggest thing that we like to focus on is making sure that they stay safe so that they can enjoy it as long as they're going to, uh, to play it for. And that comes down to making sure that the foundation is as stable and as mobile as possible which requires strength. There's there's the quote or the saying that's pretty common in the, this industry, and that is do no harm. And so you want to do no harm, but you also cannot be so careful as to not change anything when you see it, that you're doing harm by not doing anything. And I think there are, there is a subset of coaches that maybe would have seen some of these pro players in bad positions and like, I'm not going to say anything because he's a million-dollar player, and if I fix it and it doesn't fix or I do something, they're going to look at the change I made as a problem rather than a helpful thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really a balance for a coach to look at those things and go, I'm going to need to do no harm, but it doesn't mean that I don't intervene when I need to intervene. All the better for us to fix it at a young age. Yeah, yeah. And at the base, like you're saying, and where does that start? It starts at the foot and ankle. At the ankle. <laughs> so we start at the foot and ankle. And I think you know, our, our professional youth coach course, Brandon's professional youth coach certification, we teach coaches how to spot problems with movement patterns and squat and lunge and how to fix those things and help kids. There. But I think for the audience today and the coaches and parents of young athletes, let's start by strengthening the foot. Let's start by, here's you know, a few things you can do. Number one, have your kids go barefoot. As often as possible. As possible. Five minutes of on-the-ball marching barefoot starts to strengthen the foot. We do what we call pogo hops, which is you know, starts off with barefoot, being barefoot, um, blocking the feet so the feet are together and they're up on the ball of the foot and they're just hopping up and down with both feet together and then you move to a single foot and then 
back and forth. But, but doing these kind of exercises begin to strengthen the, the foot. They begin to strengthen the position of the foot in relation to the ankle. And that's a good place to start for you know, a parent or, or a coach, a sport coach, that doesn't know a whole lot about strength conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. Start with that. And then I think we catch a lot of flack being the guys that say, hey, let's pull the reins back and let's focus just on movement. I think there's there's a balance, right, in, in, in what we do. And then also the people that are hard chargers and say, hey, we want them producing as much power as possible at all times because that's going to benefit the sport. And I think both are true. But there's a there's a balance in making sure that we make sure the athletes are safe, but we also allow them to produce power. And how we do that is through utilizing low skill and high skill movements appropriately. Right. And so once we've established, okay, we've, we've got an issue here at the foot, the ankle, we've got an issue at the pelvis, we've got an issue with bracing, whatever the issue might be, it might be all the way up at the shoulder, right? Whatever, wherever that issue is, we can still allow that child to, to go hard and go heavy, but we're going to do that through movements that are keeping them safe rather than movements where there's potential injury. Like if I know that there's an issue in shoulder stability and inability to control where my, my humerus is for, for an athlete and their sport is baseball where they're throwing 365 days out of the year, I'm probably not going to load up the bench heavy, but what I will do is focus on the bench and then have them do something like a front rack hold as heavy as they can for 30 seconds while they march in place. That athlete's still going to feel like they got a great workout and we're focusing on what we need to, to make sure that they're safe inside of their sport. I'm going to do things like for the soccer player who can't squat properly, maybe they have a, a issue at the, the ankle. If they can't perform a, a, a good air squat, I'm not going to make them back squat heavy. They don't need to back squat heavy. What they need to do is focus on their ankle positioning. So maybe we'll do some kettlebell passovers. Maybe we'll do things like pogo hops, but we're going to let them push a sled as heavy as they can. We're going to let them do farmer's carries as heavy as they can. Right. So that we're pushing intensity, but we're pushing intensity in low skill movements where it's safe for that athlete while we're simultaneously progressing in those movement patterns. Yeah. It's safe and it's strengthening them. It's going to benefit them. Right. Yeah. Taking care of a weakness. Exactly. A weakness. So there is, there is a balance here, right? It's not, Hey, let's pull them back and let's only focus on movement patterns. No, this person's an athlete. We're going to allow them to express power, but we're going to only allow them to express power in movements where they're safe while we simultaneously fix the things that are going to keep them safe inside of their sport and allow them to play longer and, and gain the benefit of playing longer. I love it. That's a lot of great information on a little bit of time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.